0: Amen. Now look to your neighbor and say, whoop, nice and cool outside. (laughs) Does feel good out there, doesn't it? Amen, amen, amen. Yes, if you are a broken arrow tiger, you are a happy camper. It's always good when Broken Arrow can beat Jinx, because it's not very often. <laughs> well, you know, he pays his city water bill to Broken Arrow, so... But he does need prayer, I mean, just for, but, but for other reasons beyond that. But. <laughs> well, whenever you... Um, like OSU, if you don't play well and you turn over the ball and, you know, make mistakes, you're not going to win a game, especially when you're playing a good team. So, and uh, Broken Arrow's Broken Arrow's a pretty good team this year. They are. All right, we're in our message series, uh, When Pigs Fly. And uh, hopefully you've been here every week, and uh, we've been looking at the miracles that Jesus has over the power of darkness and uh, healing, and uh, today uh, I want to talk to you about provision, about provision, and uh, hope that you will leave here understanding God's protection and God's deliverance in our life, um, because He is constantly uh, trying to provide for us if we'll just let Him. Sometimes we don't let Him. We get in His way. Psalm 37 and verse 39 tells us about God's power. It says, The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord rescues the godly. Our God has the power to save. The power to deliver. The power to rescue. Some would say that God actually rescued me in my life um, my story is not too unlike some of your stories um, grew up in the a- acapella church of Christ in Texas um, wasn't really a lot of fun to go to church just your cousins were there and so we always had lunch after it. it, was, it was, that was the only reason we went to get past the church to get to the meal at my aunt's house 'Cause it was always a big spread and it was always awesome. But my brother decided when I was fourteen that I needed to go to church with him. And he was going to an independent Christian church like ours. But that church had a piano and organ in it, and the one I grew up in did not. In fact, we were going to hell if we went to a church that did. Any of you any of you in that <laughs> that reference? I know Lindsay Oh, I'm telling you. So I'm sitting in the first service and I'm watching the roof because the Bible you know, I was told the roof will cave in on you if you're in a church where there's an organ and roof, uh, organ and piano, so I'm watching while they're playing. Roof didn't cave in. In fact, it wasn't too much longer I found a desire to let God be the master of my life. And then by the age of sixteen I decided that I needed to preach. Actually, the preacher decided I needed to preach. He said, You know, there's plenty of football players, but there'll never be enough preachers. He said, Why don't you consider preaching? Okay. I said, Why not? What else? What else? What do I have to lose? Pretty cavalier approach, wasn't it? But I've never regretted one day looking back at, on those times and making that decision. Uh, it's not the easiest life in the world to be a preacher. In fact, many of you have told me, you said, well, I wouldn't want your job. <laughs> okay, good, because I kind of like my job, so I don't want you to have my job. I don't want your job. You know, it's tough sometimes, isn't it? Just life itself is tough. The jobs you have, they're tough. People you have to deal with, they're not so pleasant. See, it's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The Lord rescues the godly. There's the key. Don't forget that. That God rescues the godly. He is our fortress in our times of trouble. Two big thoughts. The first one is this. Long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. Boy, there's a, there's a Twitter line you could put out right quick. Long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. Isn't that great? Let me give you some scriptural examples of that. God planned for Noah and his family. They didn't know that. He said, build a big boat out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So he did. People thought he was nuts. God had a plan for the right animals to be on that boat. God had a plan when... Jonah was thrown overboard for a big fish to swallow him up and rescue him, really. And then throw him up on the seashore in Nineveh where he didn't want to go. God had a plan for that fish. God had a plan long before the Israelites were ever cornered by the Egyptian soldiers on one side of the Red Sea. God had a plan. But if Moses had never stepped foot on the on the river, on the water, that water never would have parted. Do you know that? If Moses had not put his staff in that water, it wouldn't have parted. He had to demonstrate his faith before God moved. See, God's not always going to move until our faith gets involved. Because He's got a plan. Long before our problem ever comes up, He's got a plan. So what's that mean to you and to me? Well, there may be someone here that might find comfort in discovering that you've got some bad news on your health. And so you don't know what to do with that news. Your job. Cindy and I have been praying for her to get a new job. Her last severance check is the next one. (laughs) We've gone from feeding two to feeding six in our house. Many of you are feeding more than that in your house. It's going to be an interesting transition time. But God is faithful, is He not? God is able, is He not? I may not get to eat out for a little while. Okay, it's all right. Might not get to eat as much as I want. That's okay, too. I could, uh, I could use that. Forced diet. I love that. I thought Brian had gone to meddling this morning when he said, You are what you eat. I thought, Hey, wait hey, wait a minute now. Hey boy, so true, though. So true. You know, God, God could call 10,000 angels to come to our rescue right now, couldn't he? But maybe, just maybe, he needs us to put a foot in the water of faith before he's going to respond. Mm. Long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. I want to share with you some interesting stories in Scripture. First one's in Acts chapter 16 give you a little context here, there was a girl that was a slave and she was predicting the future. She was possessed with a demon and was predicting what was to come and she was making her owners a lot of money by doing that. And evidently the girl was kind of a nuisance to Paul and to Silas. And they tolerated her for a little while but eventually the Bible basically says that they got sick and tired of her doing her deal And they turned around they cast the demon out of her and suddenly the men that were making a profit off the little girl (laughs) lost their cash flow. They got really upset. They told lies about Paul and Silas and essentially began a riot that was baseless, totally untrue. And Paul and Silas found themselves victims of the lies in that riot. And in... Chapter 16 verses 22 and 23 says the crowd joined in the attack Against Paul and Silas And the magistrates ordered them to be What? Stripped and beaten with rods Think about that for a minute Just because they did what God Had called them to do And to be doing what God called them to do They're stripped and beaten with rods After they had been severely flogged They were thrown into prison And the jailer was commanded to guard them Carefully It should be There should be T-H-E-M in there. That's shorthand for them. (laughs) T-M-E. Come on, laugh a little bit, folks. It's all right. Gee. Once I give you something funny, you will laugh. I got you. So what do you see? You see Paul and Silas serving the Lord? They're faithfully doing what God's called them to do, and yet they are unfairly accused, wrongly stripped, Flogged, beaten with rods, and imprisoned. For what? Doing what God wanted them to do. There's going to come a time. I can see it just as clear as a bell. There's going to come a time when you and I will be held accountable for preaching or not, for speaking or not. It's going to come. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Are we ready to be flogged? Are we ready to be put in prison falsely, falsely accused? Boy, it's a real gut wrenching thing when you're falsely accused of something, isn't it? You see this thing playing out with Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and this lady 36 years ago, she decides that she was harmed. <laughs> It's, it's a sad day when mamas have to be careful of their boys. Because the little girl, all she has to say is, ah, you're done. You're guilty until you're proven innocent. That's not how our system works. It shouldn't. But you see, if you add to that that you're a Christian, whoo, watch out. Watch out. That you believe in the Bible, watch out. you lost your mind. But you know, even though we haven't necessarily been accused falsely or haven't necessarily been stripped and beaten with rods, some of us have been stripped of hope. You know, when you've gotten that word that your health is taking a downturn or you haven't gotten word that your job is gone or you have gotten word that your children are not uh, acting as stellar as you had hoped they would, they've made decisions that now affect you. You can feel beaten down. You can feel discouraged. But I want you to know. I want you to know that our God is able. Our God is able. If we go on in the story, Paul and Silas start singing and chains fall off and the other prisoners are listening to him. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaking. And, and once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains come loose. And the guard rushes in, sees that they're free and pulls out his sword. and is going to kill himself because he would have been killed by the governing authorities for letting this happen. And Paul stops him. And the first thing the man asks him is, what, could, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? You see, God's ready to make a provision in your life, too. God's ready to do a miracle in your life, too. But you've got to put your toe in the water and demonstrate the faith that you have that God's going to be there for you when you need it. But the ground shakes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the singing and the praying and the ground shaking? You ever prayed and felt the ground shake? Well, it does when an earthquake's going on. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I got it. You ever been praying and just sense the presence of God filling the room where you're, where you're sitting and you're praying? I get a lot of that testimony when we have our uh, prayer vigil. People will spend a half hour or more in, the, in our prayer room and boy, they'll be praying and they'll just sense the presence of God in that room with them. Wow. That's awesome. It's the way it's supposed to be every day. The Bible says that we need to offer Him a sacrifice of praise. There are sometimes that we just need to praise God when we feel like it, and when we sense Him. And sometimes we need to pray for Him and pray to Him when we don't sense Him and when we don't feel Him there. We still need to offer that praise of sacrifice to the Lord, and He'll respond. He'll respond. Never thought in all my life that I'd feel the pain that I feel every day when I stand up. (laughs) Took my feet for granted. They're pretty important. Especially when they don't work right. The bones aren't right. But I can still get from one place to the other. Thanks to my go-go scooter. It's fun. I was sitting at the game Friday with Coach Trimble. I could at least get off my scooter. And the wheelchair that he has now, it's a whole new life for him. It's tough. Can't feed himself. Can't pick up his drink and drink it. Has to have somebody help him with that. ALS is a nasty, nasty, terrible disease. I thought cancer was bad; it is, but I'm beginning to think that ALS is worse. All of them, all of them, on that the devil's feet. That's where they are. But this jailer man, he he wanted to know what he's going, what it's going to take to be saved. And of course, Paul told him, and. You know the rest of the story. He and, his whole, he and his whole household offer a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. I, I just love that story. I just love it. Um, another one is when John was exiled to Patmos, or Patmos, and he wrote Revelation. While he was there, people wonder, how in the world did he survive? That's why they put him out on the island. He's an old man. They figured, let's put him out there and he won't eat food and he'll die eventually. Well, the Christians kept rowing the boat out to bring him food. (laughs) See, that's God's provision, isn't it? Just when you think there's no hope at all, God shows up. Doctor says, you've got an illness. Doctors say that, and God shows up and says, oh, yeah, well, how about if we keep you around a little longer than you you had planned? And you do all that because you're going to testify of the greatness of God, right? That's right. You're going to testify of the greatness of God. If it's up to me, I'd check on out and move on down the road. I'd have my new feet then, new knees, new body, (laughs) watermelon this big with no seeds, yellow meat and sweet as sweet can be. That's that Texas boy in me. But they, God made provision for John by sending the people out to take care of him. God made provision for me. I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma City, and we were at church camp in Pink, Oklahoma. Any of you know where Pink, Oklahoma is? <laughs> it's, uh, we were going into Shawnee from Pink, Oklahoma on Highway 9. Down to uh, get some provisions And we were topping a hill on Highway 9 And coming down a hill like this And at the bottom of the hill There was a truck A pickup truck That had stalled in the middle of the two lane road And we're topping the hill It's about 5, 5.30 in the afternoon And as we come down You know The guy's pushing his truck so we stop in the middle of the road. We're watching. him. He's almost got his truck off the road. Here comes a semi behind us. I mean, this semi truck is picking it up, putting it down. And he comes over that hill, and he sees us. And all I hear, I'm sitting in the back seat, two guys in the front seat. All I hear is the screeching of tires. And I turn to look back, only to see this truck barreling straight toward us at that point i knew this was probably it because <laughs> that truck was just going to crush us somehow the driver of that semi truck got it to the shoulder and it it went straight in the in the gravel and sand and dirt on the side of the road it went straight past our car like this and rolled up over the trunk of the other car that was pushed off. Luckily, that guy was so drunk, he didn't know what happened. But we're still sitting in the middle of Highway 9. All this is taking place. And guess what happened on the radio? We were listening to Christian radio. Guess what? What song came on? It was Amy Grant's song that she made popular years ago that starts out and it goes, Angels watching over me, every move I make. Angels watching over me. Wow! Wow! Yep. Everyone walked away from that potential catastrophe that day. Boy, did God have provision over this old preacher. Yep, he sure did. And over the drunk man, and over the truck driver, and over my two brothers in the front seat. You could probably tell a story or two like that in your life, couldn't you? I'm telling you, there's time after time after time we've watched God do things in our life. And we, we tend to forget how blessed we are because of him. And because of what He's done for us. You know? We need, to, uh, we need to stop and we need to pray for God's provision in our life. And we need to ask God to, to uh, guide us and to help us. Because I believe with all of my heart that God will do that. Long before we face a problem, God has a plan. God is a God who has the power to miraculously save He's miraculously saved me. He can miraculously save you. And I just want you to understand one thing. That when things happen in our life and we think that God isn't fair, we need to stop and understand that maybe He's protecting us from something that we don't need to go through. Well, God, I really wanted to have, have a friendship with that person. Well, that person was going to be toxic in your life, so you don't need to have them in your life. What is a miracle? We've defined it before. Let me give it to you again. God in heaven intervenes on earth. That's what a miracle is. God in heaven intervenes on earth. Paul didn't wait to worship. After the miracle, he was worshiping before the miracle. He was already putting his toe in the water. That sacrifice of praise was coming. You know, it's one thing to praise God when you see His power, it's another thing to praise Him when you don't see His power. Are you praising God? Are you praising God every day just because you got up and you can breathe again and you can, and your feet work and you get up, go? Yeah, man, that's when you ought to be praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Consider yourself in the middle of the prison. It's midnight and you're praising God and God shows up. The jailer wakes up. <laughs> not only did God save Paul but God saved the, saved the jailer before Paul went to prison God already had a plan didn't he as God miraculously protected Paul's life he's going to miraculously protect your life in many many ways in more ways than you'll ever understand you know Don's Don's uh, statement to us this morning uh might, might have shaken you a little bit Don't Don't let it shake you When God is finished with our church Our church will be done But well, I just don't know that God's done yet Are you? I don't think so If we work And we pray And we, we serve And we love people Oh my goodness what great things God can do I love just hanging out with you guys, don't you? It's a lot of fun just hanging out. I'm looking forward to that fifth Sunday breakfast thing. That's going to be a lot of fun. Isn't it? Yeah. I can't have hash browns, but I can sit and watch you eat them. That'd be fun. Sometimes the second main thought I want to give you today is that sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. Sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. You know, this wasn't the only time Paul was arrested. Spent some time in prison. He was tried by Nero. Uh, you know, Romans don't kill Romans. When Nero found out that he was Roman, he knew that. They just cut his head off. And uh, ten other disciples survived. John actually was boiled in water, uh, boiled in, in, in oil, doing that because he served Jesus. Because you know, sometimes our eternal God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. I'll never understand why babies are born stillborn. They are. I'll never understand why babies suffer because of a parent's decisions with drugs and alcohol. While a drunk driver can kill a promising teenager seem to have no repercussions. How 3000 people can die when two planes fly into two buildings in New York City. How a truck full of fertilizer can kill 168 people in Oklahoma City. Is there hurt? Yes. Is there grieving? Yes. Is there feelings of devastation? You better believe it. But do we continue to trust? Absolutely. Absolutely. You never give up. You never give in. And you never quit. And I think we can coach that, can't we? Never quit. Never give up. And never stop. Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. In other words, protect us, Lord. Protect us, Lord. Watch over us, Lord. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your marriage. Pray for me as your pastor. Pray for your friends. Pray for your kids. Angels of protection around them. We have an enemy that's a liar. We have people that hang around us that we shouldn't be hanging around. Don't stray, don't fall away. Paul never said in prison, This isn't fair. I can't trust you, God. Look at what you've done. I've been out preaching. i wrote most of the New Testament. And by golly, look here, you're putting me in prison. What's the deal? I'm beat, beat for, for, for preaching. This is crazy. But yet what Paul did is he rejoiced in his suffering. He even poured his heart out. Had glad rejoicing in the midst of struggle and trial and temptation. He delighted in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. When he was weak, God made him strong. What shall separate us from the love of God? The Bible says nothing. Nothing. He works in all things for good. Breakups, breakdowns, loss, wins. Wanted, never wanted God never promises He will always protect us His promise is That He'll never leave us He'll never leave you Because all of us are going to die someday Amen? All of us are going to die We just don't know when or how But we're going to So God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. When you get that diagnosis from the doctor, I'll be with you. When life treats you mean, I'll be with you. When people lie about you and malign your character, God says, I'll be with you. Long before we face a problem, God has a plan. Father, I ask you this morning, would you minister to the hearts of your people here? Would you help us each and every one to understand and to see your miraculous power moving, shaping, driving, filling, filling convicting God would there be someone today just one who in their spot where they are sitting right now when they stand in just a moment would there just be one who would say Lord I haven't been trusting you I'm going to trust you God is there one that needs salvation would they lower their pride level and let you be master of their life maybe there's somebody that just wants to join the church and be a member of this church what a great fellowship we have. Love to have them as a part of our growing fellowship. We'd love to have them here. God, whatever you need to do in each of our lives, would you do it today? We want to give you freedom to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great hymn of invitation. There's something about that name. Let's stand as we sing it.